seekers of wisdom and wanderers of the mind welcome to zest to live today we have an extraordinary guest joining us katie baldwin the brilliant mind behind rise up coaching and a beacon of transformation and empowerment katie's journey is a testament to the incredible synergy between science and spirituality she's not just a coach she is a tailbrazer who wrote the book unlearn the crap about personal success and empowerment sharing the very essence of her methodology drawing from over 25 years of coaching experience and a rich knowledge from mentors across various fields katie guides individuals aged 45 to 55 through pivotal crossroads her approach seamlessly blends neuroscience biology quantum physics energy healing so whether you're sipping your morning coffee or winding down after a long day i invite you to today's episode and immerse yourself in the wisdom that katie is about to share so sit back relax and enjoy welcome to zest to live and today i have with me katie first of all welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having me i'm looking forward to our conversation so katie you know we are just going to discuss a, a lot of a lot of things today we're going to discuss about healing about your journey energy you know a lot of these spiritual terms and some non spiritual scientific terms that we're going to talk about today but you know why don't you take us way back you know where it all began you know where it all began to your childhood where where your journey kind of began you know, take us from there where this all journey began and tell us about your journey first of all sure um i had a regular childhood growing up everything uh went just the way a normal child would except when i got into adulthood when i got into adulthood there were so many conflicting things that were driving me in different directions i was in a position where i was a woman in a corporate world and the corporate world wasn't ready for women yet um uh, there was a lot of changes that were happening everything was moving so fast so i found myself in the position of one being very strong and accomplishing so much but in the set sec- in the same time i was uh torn by duties and what i should do and all of these other norms that they created a lot of stress in my body and i knew that i was under stress uh my body was racked with pain i had i was struggling with anxiety and depression but i just kept pushing through because i was under the impression that there was something wrong with me and i just needed to keep going well eventually uh you can only push your body so far and i had a complete nervous breakdown my body shut down my mind shut down i was no longer able to think this or make decisions this was in what age like what age did you had this nervous breakdown uh, that was during covid 
COVID, when everything kind of stopped and we all took a breath, well, that moment was pivotal for me. And I, I've heard the story actually from a lot of different people that when we, when the rat race stopped for a moment, all of a sudden the reality hit your body or hit my body. And I had to rebuild myself. And thank goodness I had spent a lifetime learning. I had gone to every personal development, every course, every seminar, every retreat. I'd studied under a hundred different mentors and coaches. So I had a lot of information that was stored up that I was able to use. (laughs) So, you know, we had a discussion before other day, you know, when we had a conversation ourselves before we recorded this podcast, you know, and we yeah. talked about something that I, I like you to, you know, talk about again, maybe perhaps uh, that was, you know, that what you said that our body insidely has a lot of internal signals that it, mm-hmm. it gives us and tells us, you know, to do something or alerts us as well, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to understand this even more and also to my listeners who have, who don't know about this, that how the body works. And I'm, I'm trying to understand from the both perspective, from what you said about the 112 senses, you know, this is mm-hmm. something like a new insight and I mm-hmm. have never heard about it. You know, I think we said this in, in my previous conversation too. So can you talk about this research a bit, you know, uh, people are listening on the audio somewhere or some people are watching the video. Can you explain about these research and these senses? What is this new data saying in the scientific term that is not proven, as you say, that we have 112 senses? So can you explain a a little bit about that? Absolutely. Our central nervous system, which everybody knows about, that goes from our brain down to the base of our spine, it is connected to a whole host of, think about it as electrical wires going up and down your body. Well, those wires are now connected to sensors. And those sensors are like the hair on our skin. Uh, There's all different types of senses that we're picking up, whether it's spatial, where we know we can feel something changing in, in the energy. Have you ever been in a position where you knew somebody had walked behind you, but you didn't hear it. You just sensed it. You just felt it. That's one of our senses. So there are all these different senses that we can use when we know what they are and we trust what they're saying. When you're walking down the road and something happens like an accident or something or something like you know, unexpected, really unexpected, and that is life-threatening. There mm-hmm. is this, uh, in our brain, there is this survival instinct or something like that, that the scientists say that triggers mm-hmm. and automatically puts us in survival mode and increases mm-hmm. our capabilities, whatever we had for that moment, 10 times, 20 times more. So the whole energy is focused on that. Everything just stops. Whole brain, mind, everything just focused on surviving that body. Is that... Yes something that uh, is true in that sense that when it happens, what does science say about it? Absolutely. I I mentioned our central nervous system, which goes from the base of our brain right down through our body. That central nervous system has an on-off switch. So when a, a stimulus comes in from one of the 112 senses and the information reaches that part of our brain, which that part of our brain has one function. Am I safe? 
That's all it wants to know. Am I safe? And if it decides it's not safe, it will turn it on to what is called the sympathetic nervous system. When that sympathetic nervous system gets turned on, only those functions that are needed for survival get turned on and they get heightened and they, they become superpowers. And anything we don't need during that moment of danger gets shut down. So we, we don't need to digest food when we're running for our safety. We do not need to make conscious decisions and decide a, an alternative plan. We just need to get out of this danger. We do not need uh, our um, deep breathing. We need shallow breathing so that we can uh, get our heart rate up and running so that we have all of this adrenaline pop, uh, pumping through our bodies. That's what that central nervous system has done. The way it's supposed to work is once you are out of danger, now if you imagine that you're running from a predator and you get away, the very first thing you do is catch your breath. <sighs> and you start breathing deeper and slower. You heart, slow your heart rate down and you just, you know, get yourself back. That is what is needed to turn off the switch that says, I'm not in danger anymore. And what we're finding is that people are equating stress signals that were designed to be uh, safety survival mechanisms. And we are living in that more than we're ever supposed to. And our body is feeling the stress and we're not processing that stress out of our body because it's meant to go on. We, we use all of that adrenaline and cortisol and everything that our body is producing. So we become superhuman and then we're supposed to release it out of our system when we're done. But if we don't release it, if we live in suppression, we're holding on, we're just keep pushing and pushing through, which is what I did my body could no longer handle the volume of stress that I was making it stay, uh, keep living with. And eventually it said, I got to get this out of me. There is this inner wisdom that everybody has. Everybody mm -hmm. has their own set of insights and knowledge that they have or they know, uh, mm -hmm. or they have the capacity to find it, but people don't use the capacity in their whole life. They waste the opportunity that they had to completely explore themselves. You know, that, that, that is the greatest opportunity wasted, wasting the human life that you have been given mm -hmm. or gotten, you know, in that sense. Absolutely. So you do coaching. Yes. That's one of your primary jobs to help people come out and be their individual self, like authentic self. So mm -hmm. can you, uh, like, could you explain how you help how you help individuals tap into their inner wisdom and, you know, facilitate and connect with what you call the universal laws. Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, the book I've written is called Unlearn the Crap about personal success and empowerment. And what that is, is that we've been brought up in societal rules that are not designed to be our best. We're taught how to behave in, in society, how to go through a school system, how to get a job. All of that is designed for us to be of service to something outside of ourselves. 
we've never been taught that there is an inner wisdom, that there is an inner guidance system and what we need to do to access and hear it. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it your, your higher self, whatever name you give it. When we have so much noise and so many beliefs in our head that say we need to be doing something else, we can't hear what our body is saying. So the first thing I do when I'm working with clients is uncover the beliefs that they have that have been given to them and not chosen by them. Because once we uncover that, we can unwire it, we can reprogram it, and we can choose what each individual wants to believe. We can design our bodies, we can design our life the way we want. We are not a victim to the programming that society has put us through. It's just that society and marketing know so well on how human behavior works and how the mind works that they're using it for their purpose. And so it's really important that people understand how the body works so that they can make choices about themselves. So that's the first thing that um, I teach is how to understand and hear and choose what are those beliefs that you have. Then I go through a process of cutting the past, releasing the, the um, traumas so that they don't have any effect. And that is a personal way that I teach people how they can energetically use universal laws and the energy of our bodies to actually um, change and cut. So for example, uh, I'll give you um, a personal one for me. Uh, I was uh, brought up by a sing or by a, uh, my mother who was a, a child bride. She was 15 and she had to get married because of me. And my mother, although she was an amazing woman, she wanted to make sure that her choices were not glamorized and that, she, that I didn't think that this was a good thing. So she really downplayed the fact that she had to get married. And she really made it strong that this was not a good thing. Well, my brain took that to mean that I didn't belong, that I didn't matter. And my brain, in an attempt to matter and in an attempt to uh, be, belong, I did a lot of self-sabotaging actions. I did things like people pleasing, not standing up for myself, not having strong boundaries. I uh, said yes when I meant no. I um, self-sacrificed. I did all of these things that my brain was trying to create an identity and a worth that had nothing to do with the truth. So when I looked at this and I, I uh, undid the damage of that by cutting the ties to it, rewiring that part of my brain, that my brain now knows that that was something that was programmed by a childhood uh, belief system that has nothing to do with reality. It's just at that time, my brain thought that made sense. Does that make sense? So 
I, I want to get into this a little bit because, you know, a lot of our listeners are from the Luvo app and the Luvo app is facilitating personal growth, meditation, yoga, like getting to know your true self, getting this zest to live what we are talking about. But, you know, Beautiful. what you talked about, you know, I'm trying to understand this in a let's go a bit deeper into what you were saying. Okay. Programming, human yes. control manipulation yes. i would use the word manipulation which is a really strong word in the certain mm -hmm. sense but you know uh, there is a great documentary that uh, you know i have watched which is called the social dilemma uh, if you ever heard about it so it's basically in that documentary they showed how these social networking companies that are i will not name them the biggest mm -hmm. ones use sh mind control or have this team of people who make and facilitate the algorithm, the colors in certain ways. So you're addicted and they can program whatever they want to give it to you. It's a great documentary, very controversial. But, you know, what you said about the childhood beliefs, let's say a kid is born. You know, I, and I heard of something great that it doesn't matter. You're a Muslim, you're a Christian, you're a Hindu. You are not, not a Christian or a Hindu in reality because whatever you are were given by your parents. Because mm -hmm. your parents were Christian, you became Christian. Mm -hmm. That is not that Christianity is true or Islam is true. It is because you were, or Hinduism is true. It is because you were born to that family. From the childhood, you've seen, you know, everything is fine around this religion. People are kind to you from this religion, you know. Uh, then you think, oh, this should be right, right? From your very childhood, mm -hmm. you're getting this idea, this is the perfect religion. So when you mm -hmm. grow up to be, and the people come and say, you know, this is the fault of your religion, this, your religion is wrong in this, you start arguing because your belief system kicks in from your childhood. This, which is given by our parents, and they were mm -hmm. given by their parents, a generational mm -hmm. thing, and a lot mm -hmm. of things, just not religion, uh, some other beliefs. You know, I could I could name many of them. The whole podcast can go for an hour. There are so many things that we are given. Uh, you know, I had this uh, woman say, you know, marriage happens for one time. I was brought up with that idea from my mother, and when I got older, I married. You know, I, I thought the marriage is not a one-time thing. I will have kids and everything will be rosy, rosy. And, you know, she later realized that this is a Cinderella picture. It's not how it's supposed mm -hmm. to go so easy, you know. So how do we escape it, you know, uh, Katie? When we even try to do escape this programming from a childhood, we think, no, this is right. You know, this is not wrong. Uh, then you think, no, this is wrong because it is hurting me. But how do you mm -hmm. identify what is the belief that is probleming you? Or what is a good belief that have been given your parents? How do you identify that? Okay, well, there's two parts to that answer. One is the way our brains get programmed. Our brain uh, has synapses that create um, pathways, consider it like a, a road. And the more you drive on that road, the uh, more in-depth and more strong that road and path gets. That path gets identified with an emotion. So we have a physical, chemical emotion that is attached to that programming. And so it becomes automatic, which is really wonderful because our brains are the most um, efficient systems out there. It wants to automate as much as possible. And so the more it can automate, the less we have to think about, and it can just happen. We don't need to think about breathing. We don't need to think about walking. Once you learn how to brush your teeth, you never have to think, okay, I have to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and I have to move it this way. It, it's automatic. 
driving, walking, the, all of these things have no thought in them anymore. And that's the way our brains are, are working. So the environment that we are raised in, the, um, the words, the language, the culture, the food, it changes our taste buds. Everything becomes programmed by what we're around. Now, if you are looking at your life and the results of what you have are not what you want, this is where you can use universal laws to now start to question your results and your thoughts and your beliefs and identify, is this really who I am or is this what I was programmed to believe or what is this uh, um, a self-sabotaging program that is running unidentified in the background and I've never looked at it. So it's about self-reflection, taking a look at it, identifying and really questioning ourselves. Does this thought work for me? Is this thought and belief empowering me or disempowering me? And when we go through that process, we now make conscious choices and decisions. And I, I totally um, tell all of my clients and everybody that I talk to that our power is in the choice and the decision we make. So the power of choice is a big one, what you explained mm -hmm. in the last point of, you know, we have choices of so many things that we don't realize that we have a choice of. And we realize really late that we had a choice in that. You know, mm -hmm. we usually think that we don't have choices, but, you know, you never examine or try that you have choices. You could say no, you know, a, a big no. A no is such a strong word, right? But mm -hmm. we have to understand when we have to say no, when we have to say yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, go ahead. That, that's what I was talking about. If we are on automatic pilot, yeah. if our brains are just doing what it's been programmed to do, we're not making a choice. And that's where you're going to feel that you are powerless because it's just happening without you intellectually making that choice. But when we sit down and look at it and realize that it's not that we're powerless, we're actually more powerful than we know. It's just we haven't consciously, uh, intellectually, purposefully made that choice and that program. And that is where we can undo that damage, make the decision, and decide how we want it to be, including our stories. So uh, the law of relativity is one of my favorites. The law of relativity states that everything exists based on the relative, uh, relativity of your experience of it. So let's imagine that um, there's a courtyard and something is happening in the courtyard and one person is on the west and one person is in the south. Well, they're going to see things differently they're going to feel things differently. They're going to hear things differently. They're going to have different people around them. Their senses are going to pick things up differently. And their brain is now going to create a story of what happened in that courtyard. But that story is not going to be the same story as the other person. It will never be the same. But that doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means they're different perspectives. So when we take a look at a situation and we have a story about it, 
And that story, for example, my story that I don't belong because I um, was conceived outside of wedlock, uh, no longer has any value. And I look at it and say, well, that had nothing to do with me. What story, this, this story that I'm carrying is actually making me weak. It's making me make bad decisions. It's putting me in bad situations. I don't want this anymore. So now I can take my conscious choice and look at all uh, 360 degrees of that event and choose what do I want my story to be? Well, the story I chose now is I was meant to be here. Nobody told my mom. <laughs> so it, it was a surprise for her. She, it wasn't what she thought was supposed to happen, but I'm here. So I'm supposed to be here and changing that perspective of every single disempowering belief we have, because everything exists, everything has a uh, polarity, everything has two sides to it. Uh, we live in a, um, a law of rhythm where things are constantly in flow and change. So even our stories, uh, let me give you a fun example, okay? Everything exists when we make a thought about it, okay? Have you ever been in a situation where you thought of something amazing and you had this great epiphany and this great idea, but you didn't do anything about it? Whether you, you didn't believe you could do it or you thought you didn't have money or time or whatever, this idea was amazing. And then a few years later down the road, you find that your idea happened and somebody made it and they created it. And it's amazing, whether it's a business or innovation or whatever. And you think, but I did that. I, I could have finished it. Well, that is part of our universal laws. Everything is in motion. Everything matters. So when something has begun and we let it go, it still exists out there and somebody can pick it up and take it. Same with if we have a dream and a belief. If we hit up against obstacles and we believe that those obstacles are uh, pushing us away, when in reality, it's just a part of the natural rhythm of the creation or that we're looking at it from a wrong perspective or disempowering perspective. Or we're looking at the backside of everything because everything has two parts to it. It, it has a up and a down and everything has a polar opposite. So it's all where we look at things, knowing how the universal laws work, knowing how our body works, knowing what it feels like, knowing what it senses like, and taking away the disempowering beliefs that keep us on automatic pilot. Well, now we become drivers of our own life. So, you know, you said a, we got really deep. So let's clear a bit of what you said there. And it's a deep thing what you said there, you know. I said a lot. Yes, you did said a lot. So we'll get into the f main part of what you said is that these thoughts that we have uh, mm -hmm. constantly that are, you say that you saying that it is taken by somebody else. Uh, what I'm trying to understand that scientists say accordingly that we have around 60 to 90,000 thoughts per day, mm -hmm. 90,000, 60,000 thoughts per day. Do you think because the population has risen, humans have 
evolved, so many new people are living. These thoughts, which might have been 10 to 20,000 centuries ago, it is now 90,000. How much these thoughts are really original thoughts? Or, or in original, I mean that are not influenced by any other ones, are original and also not influenced by our beliefs. I'm mm. saying these thoughts are from the universe, not mm -hmm. from any person's consciousness or uh, any belief. No, it is an original thought. And I think that happens very, very rare that original thought comes to somebody. But it comes to everybody one time in one's life. It happens. We have such a highly thought that we think, this cannot be me. Like, how can I think or say something so highly? We, because mm -hmm. we over sometimes either we overvalue ourselves or undervalue ourselves. But we have to understand that there is a Jesus inside everybody. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said, that the kingdom of God is within you. So just yes. imagine such a great treasure is within you. It, as said in the Bible, it's within you. So yes. when he says kingdom of God, he means such a great treasure that is worth as kingdom of God. Such a great wisdom, such a great beauty and grandeur that is inside you. So what I'm trying to understand, explain to me these original, are there people that, that have original thinking? Or people mostly are just having the same repetitive thinking because of social media marketing, all of these nonsense that is happening around. How much is original that we are thinking, uh, Katie? Most of our lives are programmed by society and we just go along with the flow like sheep. When we get back to ourselves, when we connect to our inner guidance, when we connect to that heart and soul, that pure energy well now we're connected to the same energy of creation because a thought is a thought that exists and once a thought is in existence it cannot be taken away and that's why you hear the saying thoughts are things well they are but now we need to know where they are in creation so is something just discovered and understood as an original thought or did it exist before we're never going to know the origin of it my my focus is in teaching people how to know and access their own inner guidance so that they're not um, running their lives by a programming of society and start to understand where their inner power is so that they can make their choices for themselves instead of just going along with the flow. I like you to explain two things to me in a very, very simple language. Okay. First is neuroplasticity yes. and, and quantum physics. And okay. from neuroplasticity, what I'm trying to understand is how when we are kids, where our brain is not developed, it's developing. We have the highest neuroplasticity where we could learn things at a blink of an eye. We can learn anything, anything. Mm -hmm. we, we have a, Everybody has an IQ closer to Einstein during that time because our pace is so fast. And as we grow older, our IQ is the lowest. How is that? We should grow. But why this neuroplasticity decreases? What does science say? And is there a way to naturally increase neuroplasticity even by a bit in our teenage or adult life? 
Absolutely. But you've talked about two different things there. When we're a child, our brain waves are vibrating at a very slow rate. That slow rate of vibration in our brain, we know that there's data, uh, delta, theta, all these different um, variations of speed of, of vibration. The slower it is, the faster we can absorb information and learn. So if you want to go into a learning state, you, you need to bring your brain waves down, slow down and slow all of your vibrations down. So that is one thing. But neuroplasticity is just a paradigm change. We believed that our brains were set, that they did not um, grow past that. Well, just like every other part of our body, our cells get replaced every seven years. Every seven years, we are in an entirely brand new set of cells and our body has rejuvenated. So our belief that our brains were stagnant was just a belief. Neuroplasticity is the name that science has given to the fact that the brain can continue to learn. Your brain can continue to operate. They've had studies where somebody's had a stroke and half of their brain or a part of their brain uh, no longer functioned. Well, the brain will now create new neural pathways to have those functions be regenerated in a different area. And so that's what we're talking about, about neuroplasticity. If we are not fixed human beings, we are not static. We have the same physical, chemical, biological uh, properties as those that we see and understand outside of us in machinery, in electronics, all of that, which is part of quantum physics. Um, quantum physics just means it's looking at the smallest thing possible. That's all it is. It's like looking at it under a microscope. But, but what I, my question was that is it, as you said, we are constantly evolving and learning. We never stop growing. That is true. I think we are always growing. But why this pace that we were growing at a childhood where we could learn languages, two languages in, in a matter of months. Now it is so hard to like, if I say to somebody at the age of 20, learn this new language, it is so hard for them. Why this decrease happens so rapidly? And is it possible to increase it? That was my question. Is it yes. possible? Yes. Uh, science has proven that if you learn something and then go straight to bed, when you go to sleep, your brain waves slow down. Now your brain can absorb that information. But when we are learning something and then something else happens and something else happens and something else happens and our brain waves are, are uh, vibrating at a higher frequency, it doesn't get locked in. So when we know that, okay, for my brain to absorb this information, one, it needs to be repetitive. The more it's repeated, the stronger that is. So repetition is one, how we can learn things more and undo beliefs. And the second is um, slowing our brain waves down, uh, changing the frequency of the music around us. That will change the frequency of vibrations in our body. You know, you have a, a certain set of clients that are aged around 30 to 50. 
And a lot yes. of listeners who are listening to us uh, maybe from the Luvo app or maybe YouTube or somewhere who are aged between 30 to 50. Mm-hmm. This is the time where you could say the life becomes what we call static. The word you used, you know, everything is just mundane. When you go to work, come back, you got a fa- very static. And sometimes mm-hmm. in this time frame, we face what we call uh, in that word midlife crisis. That mm-hmm. we have everything, but there is no contentment. There is no peace. There is this, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm talking about. That you have gone through that yourself. That this, oh, yeah. you know, yes, yes. And and that set of clients which I'm talking about, 30 to 50, face this. You know, they are yes. sure what is going to happen tomorrow. And let's say even if something new comes, uh, let's say something, you know, okay, I'm saying uh, tomorrow will be a new day. They're mm-hmm. afraid. They, they are not ready to face it. One way they want to f- um, new challenges, they are so bored with their mundane, mundane life. Yet, if you give them the new challenges, they say, no, I cannot face it. This is too scary. I don't want to leave my comfort zone and uh, do whatnot. How, is, how do this certain age of people that is between 30 to 40 can navigate life according to you? And what are the problems that they face according to your clients and you know whatever you have done research base? A comfort zone is a photograph of the past. All it is, is your brain and your body knows what has happened and it, it has a set of rules for it. When we understand that the comfort zone is just our photograph album of what our life has been, and we can now say, oh, but I want something new. I have a craving. I have a desire. I have a, a calling. I have something inside of me that is pushing me. And when we understand that fear does not mean stop and go away, it can if you are in danger. But if you feel fear and you're not in danger, then you can just know that that signal of fear is your body telling you you're stepping into something new. And I don't have a program that is going to run automatically for this, which is wonderful. You go, oh, yeah, okay, this is new. I I chose it. This is what I want. Uh, Fear is just a, a a signal from our body saying, pay attention. Pay attention. What you do when you start paying attention is now you make a conscious choice. So when we come to this place of 30 to 50, 55, somewhere during that, we've experienced enough that we feel done with that phase, but we don't know how to move to the next phase. I call it the second puberty. Our body wants to evolve to the next stage. Our body and our mind and our heart and our soul saying, okay, been there, done that. What's next? But we, when we haven't been told how to access what's next and we're not connected to our dreams and we've been told beliefs like stop daydreaming, just get back to work, you know, that's for other people, that's not for you. And we're disempowered by these thoughts and feelings and beliefs and social norms and everything else that comes at us. Uh, for example, even me writing my book, do you know how many people said, just go get a job? Well, I had something really strong calling me that I wanted to write. And I had to stop listening to those outside voices and those beliefs that safety was in a job. 
So that is the process that people are hitting. If they know that it is a transformational stage and not a stage where they are um, stuck or because when we get to that stage, we're generally feeling empty, lifeless, joyless. We're wondering what is the purpose? Cause we're just going through the motions of life and it just feels so meaningless and so empty. That's our inner body, our inner soul, our inner heart calling and saying, you have more, you have more inside of you. You have more to give the world. You have more to experience. Now let me show you the way. God, you explained it so beautifully, really beautifully. But you know, what you said about this fear of change that we have at, mm -hmm. at this stage of life, what I'm trying to understand that how do we conquer fear, fears at any age and specifically this age where everything is certain, you are so stable and you're at that stage, you know, where people tell you, you know, you're 35, 40, you know, you should not do these things. You know, if you're 25, 20 people, so this is the time of change, you know, he's a youngster, he can do 10 things. But when you're 40 and you're trying to do things which is not so desirable in the society at your age you mm -hmm. face criticism you face uh, hatred mm -hmm. from your own friends that say you know this is not right you know because mm -hmm. they also see themselves in their loop and say hey, this guy you know why is he trying to do everything when everything is just rosy rosy fine you know a mundane life you know why you want to change why so how do we conquer this fear not just external external fear is always there but from your family from people but and society but what about this internal fear that is haunting us how do we conquer it and who do we ask you know people they don't have anybody to talk to they have themselves and they have to conquer mm -hmm. these fears to move to a new phase and i'm not just saying for the 30 to 50 any age uh, when they are youngster any age how do we conquer fears uh, katie we are wired internally to be to survive that is what our body is wired for our um, whole evolution from our uh, smallest primal brain to our emotional brain all of that is about staying alive it is only within the the smallest part of evolution that we created what's called a, a prefrontal cortex so when you understand that those fears are primal when you understand that fear could be socially driven, oh, here, let me keep you safe. Don't cross the road. Don't play in the dirt. Don't do, you know, we were told so many things as children that our parents are trying to keep us safe. Our society was trying to keep us safe. But our purpose in life, because there's three parts of our brain, okay? The first part of our brain is, am I safe? And that's all it cares about. The second part is our emotional brain. Am I loved? Am I cared for? All of that. The third part of our brain, the, the intellectual, is the part of us that is saying, do I matter? Did I make a difference? Did, did, do I have my purpose? And when we're only living in those primal parts of our brain and not knowing that we have something bigger, we have something calling us. There is a purpose for everything and everybody. And when we change our belief about what all of those internal systems mean 
and what those external programming means, then it's not about overcoming fear. It's about understanding what it's saying and making a choice. For example, how many people want to skydive? Not me. <laughs> I, I, I think if I'm in a plane and it's a good plane, let's stay in it, let the plane land. But there's a lot of people who think it's fun to jump out of a plane. Well, I'm very sure that the very first time and probably every single time, there's a part of our body that's saying, are you crazy? You don't jump out of planes. And that part of our fear is trying to hold us and keep us safe. But if you've made a decision to jump out of a plane with a parachute and you've been trained for it and you've um, gone through this whole process, there is going to be a part of us that is not only physiologically going to say fear, your, your stomach's going to tighten, your, you know, your adrenaline, you're going to start um, sweating, whatever physiological things are happening. But you can make a choice to say, is this fear or is this excitement? Is this anticipation? Because those physical responses are all the same. They're just different labels. And when we can choose which label we want that feeling to mean, then, it, then we're not trapped. We're not trying to overcome a fear. We're not trying, it's not force because we, we've been raised in a world that says everything has to be done by force. You have to push it. No, you just have to allow. You allow what's happening to happen, understand what it is and still make conscious uh, decisions. Does that, so, does that make sense? It, it is, but in, in that is what I'm trying to understand again. When you say make conscious decisions, what I'm yes. understanding, hopefully what I can get it is that, okay, I have a fear of something and I want to conquer it, but you know, it's so scary, you know, what will happen? There's so uncertainty. But then I say, I will do it still. I will, I have the courage and I will do it. And once mm -hmm. you face the fear, it is gone. Then it never comes yeah. back. But yep. what before that, let me let me what you said. Does that mean that I have to make a choice to face it? And if yes, that's what you're saying. How do yes. I make that choice? Because the moment I say I'm going to do it, the fear is so much that I say I will do it, but I don't do it. Like a cowherd, I run away from the fear and say, uh, shut the door and so I'm not doing it. And this happens. So how do we make that conscious decision to face that fear and yet uh, not fear from it and do it? This is like, it's like a procrastination kind of a thing. We say we mm -hmm. do it, but then when the moment comes of uh, uh, truth, we run away from it. We say, no, I mm -hmm. don't want to hear the truth. I I don't want to face the truth um, you know I, i'm mm -hmm. too scared to face it because the truth is always going to change your existing beliefs that you had because beliefs has no place where truth is concerned this has to be remembered goldenly that it has no place truth is truth belief is a belief so please yeah. explain well a belief is a repetitive thought that's what it is when we're facing a fear and we make a decision then a true decision means you have changed. So let me give you an example of what a real decision is. You decide to get married to somebody, okay? You meet them, you're single, you're dating, now you become engaged. So now your identity has changed from single to engaged. 
Now you stand at whatever altar or whatever process and you make a declaration. That declaration is a decision. You have now gone from single engaged to married just by that decision. That is what a true decision is. It changes your identity. There is no going back. You cannot undo it. Well, you can by making a new decision. But the, the thing about a decision is it happens in a moment. It is the amount of time that we need to go through to get to that place of a decision that determines how long or how short it takes to do that. If we don't make a conscious, full-on decision that we're going to overcome this, that we're going to do something different, that um, then, then we stay stuck. We stay stuck in this place of purgatory. But do you agree that we need a lot of courage to face this? A lot of courage? Maybe. Maybe not. It, it, it's different for everybody. Yes, in the moment, courage is needed. But once a decision is made, then your brain stops worrying about what if, because the decision has been made. So, hard so it is, it is a simple. It is simple. The more energy you give to your fear, the more it will grow on you. And the lesser you worry about that fear, the lesser you think, oh, God, I'm going to do it. The fear will slowly cease to exist because there is no energy to the fear to be and you know, exist. You stop giving importance to it. You say, this is nothing. I'll do it. What can happen? Absolutely. I've said this many times on my, on my uh, the other podcast that I did is that, you know, what is the most that can happen? You will die. That's the most that can happen. Nothing else can happen than that, you know. But what is the point of living like that where it is destroying you? Life is meant to be changed. Life is change. Life is a flow mm -hmm. or like a river. We evolve. Mm -hmm. You know, we mm -hmm. cannot be like what you said, like in a purgatory where everything is static. We have to change. And this is mm -hmm. what happened with everybody. They don't change until it's very, very late, where the no change is possible. It's too or, late. Or the change is forced on them. Yeah. yeah. And that is my a point, is a decision was made. Either it was an external decision For example, if you're working in a job and you wake up every morning and you hate going there, your energy is going to be vibrating so low that chances are that if you don't make the decision to leave, they're going to make the decision to let you go <laughs> because you're going to be out of congruence. You're not going to be in alignment with what your true heart wants. If you show up to work every day with this feeling and energy of, oh, I don't want to be here. I hate this. People feel that. And a decision will happen. Are you going to make those decisions yourself? Or are you going to let the world make them for you? But someone's going to make a decision. And when you're talking about feelings, feelings have a vibrational hertz, just like every, like a radio station, like a, a TV, a, a Everything has a vibrational hertz. When you are vibrating at fear and anger and pain, you are vibrating at a very low vibration. 
but you can make the decision to go up one. So for example, if you go from fear to mm -hmm. anger and you make a conscious choice, you know what? I'm not afraid of this. I'm angry. I'm pissed off that this happened to me. You are now vibrating higher. And from anger, you can step up to acceptance. Okay, it happened. Okay, what am I going to do about it? Now you're vibrating higher again. Now you move to um, choice and reason and love. And you can make the steps like climbing a ladder or a staircase up the vibrational ladder of emotions. And when you do, you are aligning yourself with universal laws of law of attraction, law of vibration, all of these laws that say when, when you tune in to 107.1 radio station, that's what you're going to get. And that, that's what we can do with our bodies and our minds and our thoughts and our feelings. It is hard to sit on that hot seat, right? Being a guest and uh, answering all these tricky questions, isn't it? But, no, you know, I love it. Uh, but, you know, what you said about these higher level of frequencies that we can rise onto, mm -hmm. total acceptance, not regret, shame. Is it what I'm trying to understand? Once we see there's a pattern that is broken and mm -hmm. we say okay, this is something that is not right. I have to change mm -hmm. it. And then, you know, mm -hmm. there is always a higher frequency of everything, every shame, mm -hmm. every regret. And there is a higher frequency, but there's nothing. There is absolutely that supreme energy, supreme uh, uh, frequency, what you call the God frequency. Let's use that word. So yes. as we go further into everything, like uh, all of these, like total acceptance, everything, we fix those patterns. If we, let's say we have 100 patterns in our life, that is all we have, 100 patterns. I, I'm giving this number. And we fix yep. 60 patterns. 60 patterns is so many patterns that so many people in their lifetime don't even fix 10 patterns. Actually, people don't even fix 10 patterns out of their 100 in their lifetime. And if you mm -hmm. fix, somebody fix 60, what you said, law of attraction, powers, mm. powers of intuition. Intuition is a power certain mm -hmm. awakenings these experience do you think we naturally have that or they attract what is the cause of people who have these strange experiences abundance of love all of this just comes to them as they, how does that happen is because this because of this alignment or this raise in frequency that now they are having these experiences which they didn't have in their childhood or their puberty now they are having it as they grow older they feel i haven't felt like this ever how is this so much happiness is coming that i have never felt i have never felt it in anything can you everything vibrates everything is energy so we are receiving what we're attracting we are experiencing the vibration that we're at when we heal those broken or disempowering beliefs we raise our vibration we start vibrating higher when we're vibrating higher we're attracting different vibrations to attract we're having new experiences. We're having new feelings and thoughts, something that we didn't experience because we were vibrating low. Uh, let me, let me say this. When we start school at kindergarten, we see the world from a kindergarten's point of view. 
When we finish school, we see it from a whole higher different perspective. And as we go higher in our learning, we see things in a different higher perspective. The same thing happens with emotions, with clearing out fears, with cutting ties to the past. It's like cutting the anchors that are pulling you down. And now you can start to rise higher. And as you rise higher, your perspective changes, your thoughts change. If you remove stress from your life, stress is one of the most horribly powerful things in our body that can really bring us down. Stress, the main thing I teach people is how to resolve and deal with stress, because if you can deal with that, that is attached to beliefs and everything else, and it will change your body, it will change your DNA, it will change your health, it will change your life. So does yeah. that answer your question? Yeah, in, in certain way, it, it, it does, I think. Uh, you know, I feel a lot of your uh, answers that we had is uh, lacks that a little bit of that context that which might some people are looking for. But, you know, it certainly answers some part of it. I will not say it's a complete answer that I could say, oh, I'm fully satisfied with this answer. I could say, oh, wow, this. But there are parts of answers that are being answered here. So if somebody fix or puzzles those pieces, they can get the complete picture of what you're talking about. But into that, as we are wrapping up, we have a time constraint. But, you know, I, I had this interesting question that I would like to ask you. And I think you can answer this one really well. If personal transformation was an art form, imagine that, hypothetically, mm -hmm. if it was an art form, and how would you describe your approach as an artist? What colors, what strokes or techniques do you use to create that masterpiece in the lives of these people or people who are listening to us? What would you tell them? How do you design that masterpiece? Well, first you look at what is and is that what you want? So if you're starting with a blank white canvas, do you want white? No, you want blue. So you add blue and you add in what you want. Eventually you can get rid of or undo the uh, effects of what you don't want. So if you've got a white screen and, what, and you paint it with blue and red and green and, and you're adding sparkles and you're adding different textures and feel, you know, you're creating a masterpiece on purpose. You're choosing what you put onto that screen. But if you're given a screen that somebody else has painted and you don't like what it looks like, which is basically where we are when we come to a place of, of uh, self-evaluation uh, and uh, learning who we are, is we're looking at the canvas and we say, it's not what I want. I don't, I don't like this. And now we can paint new colors on it. So it's a matter of of looking at what do I want? What do I like? What don't I like? What do I want to add? And having the belief that you can put the paint on the canvas. You do have the power to choose. You are not held back by constraints that have been um, drilled into our head that are outside of us. 
that have nothing to do with who we are. It's, it's connecting to your inner soul. Who are you? What do you want to do? Those, those longings, those feelings are your carrot that is being held out to you to say, come this way. This is the way. And when we listen to those carrots and when we listen to that intuition and we go with what do we want, what do we like? One of the things that I brought up in the book is this belief that you can only have what you need, not what you want. Who, who made that rule? Who, who didn't understand that our wants are a part of us? They're our GPS guiding us. And when we deny what we want, we're suppressing. We're denying, we're shutting off, we're, we're closing the flow. We're disconnecting from part of ourselves. It's like the GPS is giving us to our destination where we need, where we are needed to be. And, you know, you, you go to a, a turn and you see there's traffic on the left or, you know, you don't want to take that road. You say, okay, I'm not taking this road. You go straight now. You forgot the turn. Mm -hmm. The GPS will say, okay, there's another turn there. Go that way. But it will leave you to the same destination. Uh, might take longer, but there's another route. Mm -hmm. You skip that, another, another, another. And after that, if you do not take any of that, it will just lead you to a dead end. Because there is no mm -hmm. other destination at the end of the day. The only true destination in life is death. And before that, that happens, there are many stops, pit stops. <laughs> where we can spend yes. our time and reevaluate yep. or understand and experience life those pit stops but if we stop avoiding start avoiding those pit stops before which our final destination of life which is death mm -hmm. technically then it's it's avoidance and you know people who are living uh, avoiding those pit stops are living the static life we are there in a nice car but they are going straight to the death there is no left and right there is nothing no turns no turns and i cannot imagine such a life katie but you know that brings mm -hmm. me to a question that again is interesting to what we talked about this whole episode is that in your view how much power do we truly have to reprogram our reality and what's the misconception people have about this process of reprogramming around the world we have been brainwashed to be uh, in conformity that we're all got to be the same and when we have uniquenesses when we have differences there are so many that are shamed out of who they actually are whether it's um, somebody who, do you know that the, um, oh, what, what's his name? Tesla. Nikola oh, Tesla. Can, uh, Nikola Tesla, but also who uh, owns Tesla right now? Elon Musk, and Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Do you know he has ADHD and he could not fit into the school system? I know that. These, these people who are not part of conformity have been shamed that there's something wrong with them. But in actuality, that is an external judgment that wants to keep us in conformity. And when we step into our genius and when we step into our authentic self, however that is, then we are following the GPS. We are in alignment with ourselves. We're not creating disease in our body. We are not living a life that feels empty or flat because we are on our 
road on our destination. And, and when we label that U-turn, when the GPS says, um, turn around at the next available right, and let's get back on track, and you label that as fear instead of information, because it's just feedback. The, the, those emotions, those senses, everything is feedback. And when we take that feedback and then make a choice about it, yeah, I, I still want to go on that destination. So I will listen to the GPS or no, you know what? I, I don't want to go there anymore. I want to go different. And you program the GPS to take you in a different place. That's where our power is. And I know I went off track there. Did I answer your question? As I said, it's it's bit in pieces that you answer, uh, but you know, as I said, if somebody could understand it, it could fit into the picture what you're saying. But again, I, I feel a lot of your answers are diverted from the questions that I ask, but somewhere it leads to some answers that you know, some way I think then oh, this answers this at least in parts you answer, and that is something uh, I like what I can understand, but. Can you, the, can you ask me one direct question and I can give one direct well, answer? That's true. Being a, a, a show with me is not going to be easy because I ask the questions <laughs> where I have to misguide the uh, guest and tr ask them and trick their mind. And that's what I do. I'm that kind of a host. Uh, you know, my questions are not going to be really straightforward. You know, just tell me how do we manifest a golden Lamborghini? That's not what I'm going to ask. You know, those, those, those are direct questions. How do I manifest this? How do I manifest that? I'm going to ask, why am I manifestation exists. I'm going to ask something like that. So, you know, strangely enough, we have so much that we could not uh, talk in this episode, but I, I feel if we do someday another episode, we could talk about that. Uh, but before we sign off, would you like to say something to people who are youngsters or who are maybe older that are facing or are stuck in their life and don't know any way how to get out of this? but lost, completely lost, how do they look forward ahead? How do they get out of that where they are stuck? You have to go inward, whether it's slowing the brain down, journaling, meditating, going out into nature, getting rid of the outside noise and allowing yourself to hear and listen to what your, your body, your mind are, is saying. It will translate to you. It will tell you what, if you don't know what to do with the next steps, then you get help. But the whole purpose of getting to that is, is going in. You have the answers. You have your reality. You have everything you need. Well, that's where the Luvo app and the Zest to Live podcast comes in to guide you. If there is no one to guide you, we are always here with my great guests that I have. And, you know, it was so amazing to have you, Katie. And obviously what you said, we have that meditation, yoga to all those healing practices in the Luvo app. And anyone who's listening anywhere, you should check out the Luvo app and you can find all sorts of meditation and Luvo's exclusive podcast is there, which can help you calm yourself down. And maybe, maybe, hopefully I pray 
to this universe, guide you in some way or show you a new way. So thank you so much, Katie, for joining me and my listeners, whoever and wherever they are listening, to show us a little bit of what you had and a little bit of what everybody has in there, showing us that way. Thank you so much for joining. And I really appreciate you taking the time on from your busy uh, schedule to come on and talk about all that you have. My absolute pleasure. I'm on a mission to tell as many people in the world that they have everything they need and that they are important and they are a part of this world for a purpose and step up and get into who you truly are and don't let any outside force keep you down. You got what it takes. So don't ever think yourself to be a lowly creature. You are the most conscious being on this planet, proven, tested. You just don't know does not mean that you are not. So go inward, look deep. There are so many treasures that are yet hidden from you. So I, Mithilesh, and Katie sign off today. But hopefully I will be back very soon next week with another episode. So everybody take care. Thank you for joining me on Zest to Live today. Introducing Luvo, a place to discover true happiness and success. Our features include guided and unguided meditation to achieve ultimate satisfaction. Exercise feature to monitor and track your health and vitality. Sleep monitor to analyze your sleep patterns for a good night's sleep. Gratitude to help you achieve greater happiness and positivity. Mood checks to keep track of your daily moods. Enjoy live sessions for yoga, healthy eating, meditation, and gratitude. You can also connect your smartwatch to keep all your health vitals in check. So what are you waiting for? Download Luvo now and start living your best life.